Oh, yeah, we back at it. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. Shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with the one and only Wax, okay? Wax is so many things, man. A protector, a bodyguard, an entrepreneur, a, a, a chicken coop guru. Man, that story was inspiring. If you haven't checked out Wax, and funny, and raunchy, so uh, actually put some headphones on if you're at work. But if you haven't checked that Wax episode of the Premium P Show, go back in the catalog, okay? And, and, and keep on going back in the catalog. Internet, so let me tell you something. If you ever uh, appreciated what, you know, what I've contributed, tell a friend to tell a friend. Send them the link to the catalog. Send them an episode. If they're an entrepreneur to be or a restaurateur or an artist or a producer, whoever, you, you know the Premium P Show sits down with multiple different people from all walks of life, okay? So send them a link. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And check in also, man. Open up your app, your Twitter app, your, your Instagram app, at Premium P, at Premium P Show, and you know what I say. Check the fuck in. Let me know where, you, let me know where you're listening from. Internet's worldwide. appreciate you, okay? In the States, out the States, let me know where you're checking in. Let me talk to you. Hit me on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, like I said, subscribe, rate, leave a comment, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Internet's this week, I'm I'm not even, I'm, I taped this right but I'm, I'm in the Dominican Republic. I'm in Punta Canta relaxing, sipping on a fucking margarita or maybe a, a, a strawberry or a mango in it. And, and you know what's so crazy? I always say late, late nights, early mornings. Dallas Penn, my brother, always say it never stops. But there has to be a time where you could get a chance to recharge and disconnect and find peacefulness. Let me tell you something. That shit is success. That shit is priceless. Okay? I'm telling you. Don't take it for granted. We always run. We're moving around, losing our mind or keeping busy or hustling, looking where the next coin is coming from. Well, I'm finally going to take a couple of days to disconnect. Internets, nothing but love sent your way. And go and enjoy this episode and tell a friend to tell a friend. It's a premium P show. Now let's get to it. Cheer. It's your new single, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Remember last time I rapped with you? <laughs> Yo, you did. With just that was yeah. that was a long time ago. Hey yo, hey yo, Colt man, turn my snare up. Yeah, so, yo, something's going on. Yo, this is sound dope though. Yeah, what is this? We probably tapped into somebody else's uh, session. Uh, Stop stressing. Uh, Premium uh, Pete and Tor, that's a blessing. Yes, sir. You might catch me with the Smith and Wesson, mm -hmm. or out in Bucktown, chill with Smith and Wesson. You know, still it. never stressing, still give a lesson. Coney Al, every day we came through freshen. Mm -hmm. You know it. I still got to flow with the Premium Pete show. Let's go and get it in. Give me 10, fuck it, give me 20, fuck it, give me money, fuck it, give me honeys. No, I'm not no dummy. I don't drink gin, but I get rummy, ummy, summy, gummy, bears, tears down the snares. Years and years, used to listen to tears for fears and watch the Care Bears right after the Thundercats. You know I'm bringing that thunder back. You wonder whack. I mean, you wonder why all these whack niggas was coming out when they spit and why do I? Do what I do, cause you motherfuckers there couldn't do what I do. Was screw who I screw, would know who I know, would knew who I knew, would get what I spin or blow what I blew. Was fuck it. I should have said pause after that, but I'd rather just bring the chorus back like. Come on, everybody get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with my friend, my Coney Island brother. Yeah. My Brooklyn Knight brother. Yeah. Artist. Yeah. Uh, radio personality, Facts. TV personality. I'm out there. An author yet? I don't know about yet, but, but <laughs> I mean he been penning, yeah, 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 but not book. Okay, internets do not do do not. It's not white Torre. It's not black Torre. It's the original Coney Island's finest Torre in the building. The Torre is here with Premium Pete. What up, my brother? But man, listen. It's been, I know we've been here. Like we got We got officially. Of course, though, of course. You know it's, I mean? been, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. It's funny because social media moves so fast, and you get to a point where I'm like, damn, man, I've been supposed to sit down with this dude uh, for many reasons. One, um, 
uh, Coney Island, uh, for sure, Brooklyn. Uh, I feel like you always stick together um, when you come from that breed, when that understanding. Mm -hmm. More importantly, just, you know, uh, over the years, knowing each other, episodes done with Reggie. Right. um, Just the love. Like, whenever, like, it's funny because I was listening to something recently and it was like, friend of the show or, or family, like, you know, it was... You know, when you had came on, it was it was those type of moments. For sure. And when I seen it, I'm like, you know, sometimes social media be like, damn, yo, this dude's doing something. I, I got I, I, I to sit down and talk to him. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> so we, yo, fi- you know, we finally here. You know, having been in this building, um, the last time I was been in this building, rather, you know, was, um, I think it was the Christmas joint. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't think I've ever been in this building, you know, obviously without coming to see you or Reg. Yeah. So when I first walked in, I first in the lobby, you know, like it just hit me. I just I have these moments, I'm sure you do. I have these moments where like certain things or or remind me of Reg or I'll see something or like I was going through some um some files in my computer looking for looking for an old session and um this video popped up, you know, where Reg hosted this thing for me, man. Oh, okay. Just just like every every now and again, I have those moments, you know what sure, I'm saying? Sure. Like, but walking in the building, the you know, about an hour ago, when I walked in the building, it just like hit me. You know, you're you're you keep busy. You know, it's funny because I feel like, um, you know, you 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 evolved over the years, not just as an artist, just as a person. You know, um, wanting to stay in the game of hip hop, continue to you know uh, feed hip hop. And also let hip hop feed you. Yeah, uh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Nah, not at all. I think sometimes people get that twisted, you know. But uh, you know, being that you're not only doing one thing, does that make you happy? Like, is, are you in a good space? Absolutely. You know, I say everything that I've learned how to do or um, started to do during the course of this journey um happened because I had to. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like all of the different nuances of of my brand um, came about because. I needed to do something. You know what I'm saying? Like music, when I when I jumped in, my debut, my breakthrough mixtape was Daily Conversation that dropped in January of 2008. So here we are in July of 2018. So I'm just just hitting that 10 year mark as a as a recording artist, right? But also think about 10 years ago, the sound of music, what was happening here in New York, you know, how it started to move away from lyricism. It was snapping and it was this and it was that and it was crunk and it wasn't like lyrical boom bap. And so me just being cut from that cloth and that being my foundation, that's the music I was always going to make. And when I realized that monetarily, you know, that 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 income stream was slowing down, I had to just figure out other ways to continue to be a part of the culture, to be a part of hip hop. Um, but to generate revenue as well. And so I just started digging in my toolbox, you know what I'm saying? And people always liked the way I carried myself and my personality and my persona and, you know, the way I spoke and things of that nature and just opportunities that, you know, I probably would not have jumped on had I been um, a big booming music star, you know, because I was grinding and literally like a working artist. I just had to figure out other ways to get to this bread. So that's how radio came about. Radio hosting um, inevitably brought on live show hosting and performance hosting, um, television appearances. And I always I always wanted to just do music and then move into television and film. So that was always kind of part of my plan. But everything else that kind of came along during the, during the course of the, the process, you know, happened because I had to figure it out had to figure out how to how do i get to more ears how do i get to more eyes if they don't book me to perform at this joint how do i still touch the stage you know what i'm saying and so i just had to like figure it out Pete. you're on hip-hop nation uh that's uh channel 44 yeah 44 and and you, tour guide you have your own show t-o-r tour guide how it was like three four years already i think i'm just a little over four years yeah i think i signed my first deal in october of 20. 13 mm. and yeah i'm just a little over right yeah it's a little over four joints you you still like satellite yeah yeah i enjoy it you know i don't i try i make it i make a habit to not do anything i don't enjoy you know mm. what i'm saying like when i lose the love then i just move on sure sure you know what i'm saying like that's what keeps me excited about what i do that's why i wake up every day with the intensity the vigor that's why like when the week can come around i'm like man you ain't gonna be answering emails and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying like because everything i do i'm genuinely passionate about so you know when i if i ever lose the love you know that would be my last episode but you know just being able to sit with like so this week i had fat joe on mm-hmm. um a couple of days ago was little kim 
uh, Maya and and the new artist Juice World. Mm-hmm. So for me, being able to talk to a younger artist like Juice World, who's like nineteen twenty, but we having real conversations about the violence in Chicago and you know why artists need to understand the energy that they put in out is sometimes the energy that they're gonna receive, and just like having a dope conversation with this young kid whose music might not necessarily be for me or might not be on my playlist. But there's a there's a common ground we can meet on. You know what I'm saying? Like sitting with Kim and talking to Kim. Like I told Kim, yo, I had to get the gym star and scrape the poster mm. off the off the wall in Brooklyn and take it to my crib. So like just being able to sit with somebody like her, that's an icon. Joe, who's transformed himself and reinvented himself so many times in music and still as relevant. You know, I told Joe, I still got the Flo Joe ca single. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So like just being able to have these moments with people um is is always it's always a new adventure you know what i'm saying like you never know who you're gonna sit with and what type of conversation you're gonna have and that's what keeps it exciting and fresh i'm sure you know because the same shit yeah no, no no for sure but and, and but one thing that is dope is you're an artist mm-hmm. and very nice with the bars <laughs> no for sure very do you ever feel like you're sitting there interviewing other artists and you're like damn i'm i'm probably nicer than this dude do you you know and do you ever feel like it's like damn what the fuck am I doing here? Not meaning no disrespect to serious, but right. like kind of like that you should be in you know maybe at a bigger point in life. In, yeah, in, in, you know I mean as an artist we always have those moments. You know what I'm saying? Like I think even if I wasn't uh, a on air personality and hosting, you might, you might turn on the radio and hit, like they playing this motherfucker again. I'm nicer than him. You know what I'm saying? Or <laughs> oh, my songs are better. So. That's that's part of the cloth that a real MC is coming from. Like it's always I'm number one, I'm alpha, I'm top dog, braggadocious. Um, but I always try to find a, a place to connect. You know what I'm saying? Like lyrically, I think I'm better than ninety nine point nine percent. You know what I'm saying? Other people. So it's not necessarily about who I'm interviewing or, or talking to in that moment. It's just like finding a, a place, a space to connect. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody whose music I might not be into. You know, I can, I can, I can get with them and like love the fact that they do a lot of giving back and philanthropy and things of that nature. And that would make me respect them. Even if I didn't go out and buy the sure, project or sure. stream the project, you know, so for me sitting across and also like things happen in God's time, you know what I'm saying? And that's something I had to learn. It's like, yo, when it's my time to be the dude, I'm going to have my moment. You know what I'm saying? Like we were just talking before we started. Um, you look at uh, artists like Royce the Five Nine, who's been stupid nice with the sure, bars. Sure. One of my favorite MCs. Now he's really starting to get that notoriety. I think things are clicking for him, and a lot more people are knowing who he is. I knew he was nice since forever ago, but it takes time. You just sure. got to stay on the path and stay, you know, stay on your shit. The only way to not get to it is if you stop. Sure, for the world to know. You know, um, I remember you saying things one time about you always take the meeting. <laughs> how has that helped you uh funny enough i've been taking meetings for like the last two weeks with my new ep i just wrapped up the ep um i have my own what's company. it called it's called all praises do okay uh all produced by my my homie praise so seven joints all produced by praise is that thus, why it's called all that's the title okay. Okay, all okay. praises do so I don't like want a, people to think joint it's, it's not gospel rap you okay. know what i'm saying but um but i do bless the boss mm-hmm. um but pre- pause pr- Praise and I uh, started working back in like 2013 um, and then on my last album that dropped in 2016 he had like three new joints on there and people just liked our chemistry and so I was like while I'm in between projects and before I really jump into the next album cycle let me just give something to the audience my my core fan base and so I decided to rock with Praise on this EP Uh, but back to your, your statement about taking a meeting so I've been taking meetings and I've been meeting with distributors independent labels, major labels, and all that. And I really just, I call it, I'm just checking the temperature. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to kind of see where I'm at in in people's thought process. You know, I know where I'm at in my mind. I know where I'm at as far as talent is is concerned. But the brand that I've been able to build, the foundation I've been able to lay, the 10 years that I put in that equity, I just kind of want to see where people value it right now. And um, because I have my own company, I could put this shit out tomorrow if I want to. You know, I got my own distribution. And when I say that, that doesn't mean I got, you know, I, I'm going to go to TuneCore or whatever. Like, I've had distribution direct DSP since 2008. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Soul Spasm. Uh, my brother Jim um, extended his opportunity to me really early on. So I've always owned my catalog. I've always been able to sign off on my own syncs and licenses and, and really have my career and my destiny in my hands. 
So if I want to drop the project tomorrow, I can. But I just want to take the meeting. I just want to see what, what's out there. You know, if there's other opportunities to grow and, and partner with people that understand who Torre is and how we can take it to the next level. Where did Torre even come from? Meaning, you know, the handle. My name is my name. Yeah. Push your t shirt. <laughs> now, nah, my name, my government name is Torre Carr. Torre okay. Listing Carr. TLC okay. of my initials. Very rarely do you see, I mean, not. Not all the time, but very rarely do you see a full name like almost like <laughs> used without being made a. You never had like is that the oh, first? Oh no, name I took? have okay. mad whack aliases. Yeah, what were they? Um, <laughs> so I was in a group. Shout out to my shout out to my man Rob uh, Robert Henry. When we were kids, we was a group positive and negative. Nice, you know what I'm saying? Like it went. Uh, the whole gimmick was like. I'm the I'm the good dude. He's the bad, you know, like the angel on the shoulder and the devil on the shoulder. That was like the kind of the premise of positive and negative. That's when like gimmicky, you know what I mean? Sure, like sure. you had to have like a, a niche to get in the game. So we did that for a while. Uh, my last name is Carr, C-A-R-R. So I played on that when I when I discovered the word czar, meaning mm-hmm. like king or ruler. So I was czar for a while. Um, all the cool dudes in my hood back in the days was like nice, ice, slice. So my name was Spice for a while. Just, you know, just <laughs> terrible. Just all terrible. You know, you, you grew up in Coney Island. Facts. You know, mom and dad? Mom. Okay. Was dad Pops, around? Pops wasn't in the household. You know, I always knew who my dad was. He was always um, part of my life, per se, but not, you know, on my everyday in the picture in the household. You know, but he was... A phone call away, I suppose. Mm. Now, did you, over the years, you got to form a good relationship with him? Yeah, yeah, my pops and I. You know, like, when I was a kid, because I knew him, it wasn't like he was a straight absentee. He just wasn't in the household every day. But I knew him, you know. I knew he wasn't really in a position to contribute, you know what I'm saying? And so, for mad years, I didn't think that that affected me or had any bearing on my life. And then, um, you know, I had kids of my own, and it's just like, the time and the moments that I spend with my kids, whether it's a barbershop thing or if it's pl- going to play, you know, basketball with my son or taking my daughter to a concert or whatever. I'm just like, damn, it's a mad void. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's mad holes. Stuff that I didn't even know mattered matters because I don't have those memories of my own with my pops. You know what I'm saying? But I think the mark of any good parent is to do better than their parents did. You know sure, what I'm saying? Like, sure. So I want to make sure that I raise my kids just even and my mom did they both did the best they could um but i want to do better than them and i want my kids if they decide to have kids to do better than i was able to do as a parent so it's always about just kind of pushing it forward you know what i mean but but my pops and i we cool you know we cool like i i don't i don't fret about the time we didn't have it's more about you know trying to make the most of the time we have now because like i understand it too like being in relationships and you know my dad dealt with addiction and he went you know he was a, he was away in the war and he came back he wasn't all the way right and sure sure like i understand all that shit now did he ever tell you that though did no he ever tell you like, we never had like did those... you ever want him to tell you like exactly what happened I, I I probably should have that conversation. Yeah. It probably would answer a lot of questions that I have or, or questions that I don't know that I have. But you're such a you you have a great personality. Um, if you and him were to decide, you know what I mean, would you ever feel like yo, pops, man, I love you, man, but what just just so I know, like, would you ever feel comfortable? It's like yo, what what happened with you and mom? I would, yeah, I probably should have that conversation. I've I've never thought about it just because I kind of. I think I understand more yeah, so yeah, yeah, like, without it without it being said. You know, yep. I mean, what's understood don't need to be said. But there's also nothing wrong with having that conversation because I'm sure there's a lot of things that he could tell me that I have no idea about um, and answer a lot of questions that I didn't even know needed answering. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's special when things like that happen, and the reason why I say that for is because it makes. It makes us, it makes people who have kids a better father. Word. It makes you do things that weren't done at the time. And, that, and and sometimes that's not even like a shot against our parents. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't able to provide for it. Maybe they, you know, maybe they were working three jobs. But, you know, so so let's let's take it back. You're in Coney Island, Brooklyn, with mom. Right. Um, and it's funny, too, because I feel like Coney Island, especially at that time, like, you know, growing up to be a rapper, it was probably almost everybody's dream. Or, or it, you know what's crazy? It really wasn't. It, it wasn't. wasn't no? Nah, I was like one of very few, like of my crew, like my core friends. I was the only one that rapped out of like maybe ten of us. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to rap. Mm-hmm. I I wanted the MC long before it was the thing to do or the trendy thing to do. When I see people now that rap, I'm like, yo, dog, I knew you your whole life. You never rapped. You never was hip hop. Period. Like you wanted to be a garbage man. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Now you got an album out. 
Um, you know, but I, I, I always, you know, I was always drawn to it. I always gravitated towards music and entertainment. It was always something I wanted to do. Like my close friends, bankers, teachers, guidance counselors. Um, uh, uh, I don't know how do you carp, not carpentry. What's that when you do construction? You oh. know, a contractor. Okay. Um. Yeah, like those my friends is like just hardworking. You know what I mean, blue collar, white collar dudes. The only one that's in the, in the entertainment industry is me. Mm. So when you told like somebody like mom or anybody around the neighborhood that you wanted to be an artist, did they look at you like you know? Yo, my mom. So my mother is my z- n- absolute number one supporter in really? 2018. I'm talking about Bob, oh, in, yo, in 2018. Right, in 2018. She'll text me right now a whole verse. You mm, know what I'm saying? Mm. Yo, me and my mom, she'll she, she call me up and spit a, a Sean Price verse. She'll just call me up like, what's up, mom? What's good? She'll be like, Sean is the shit. The shit Sean spit is legit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, she's my number one supporter now. But, you know, I think early on, because there was no hip-hop when she was a kid. You know, when she was, when I'm coming to her at, 16 17 like yeah i want to be a rapper she like dog there was no rapping at when i was 17 like what are you talking about how are you gonna provide for yourself what's your sure, job sure, gonna sure. be you know what i'm saying so i think her her um just overall goal was to make sure that i had the best life possible and it's like when i see a product right like when i first started seeing like daywoo was making cars i'm like man y'all wasn't making cars when i was a kid i'm sure. not buying that because there's no history there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think I, I kind of align that to her saying, like, you can't have a career as a rapper because there's no history there. Now, with the advent of social media, her being able to see so much and come out to shows and all that, she's like, oh, wow, you really can do this and make a living. And so, you know, now there's definitely tremendous support. But I remember when I was on my first tour and I checked in, I emailed her. Like, just to kind of, you know, I was excited. I was on the road, and I was like, yo, I'm out here, and we just did five shows, and it's crazy. And, you know, her reply was like, yeah, when you get back, you know, the firefighter test is that Friday, so you can. And I'm like, dog, I'm not taking the firefighter test, man. I'm out here with these fireballs. I'm not trying to be running and burning buildings. This is what I do. And now she fully understands it, and, you know what I'm saying, like, this mad footage of her out there just at my shows, spitting every line and, and really being, like, my A number one supporter. You know, you, you've been, like I said, you continue to evolve, you know, as an artist, as a person, as in, as in many different lanes. But when you really sit back and think, was there moments where you were like ready just to give up on this shit? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You get discouraged, you know, like as a creative, I'm pretty sure I I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure in any field or anything you do, you just have those discouraging moments or you might not have got the promotion you thought you deserved at your job or you might not have got into the school you wanted to get into or, you know, whatever. You might not have got picked for whatever, the, the, the basketball team, and you feel discouraged. You're like, F it all, you know what I'm saying? But, like, when you're really passionate about something, I think that's what separates the people who really about it from people who just on the surface just want to do it because it's the thing to do. There's no way I could not be a part of this industry and business. It's, it's everything that I am, you know what I'm sure. saying? Like, if I lost my voice, I'd just ghostwrite, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, Whatever the whatever the the case may be, I'm gonna find my way into the business. You know what I'm saying? Like find my way in my place into this. So like, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm nicer than such and such, or why such and such get that look? And then you just remember that everything happens in the time that God says is gonna happen. Like everything is God's speed. And when you keep that in the front and you just keep working, you know what I'm saying? Like eventually your turn comes around. Like eventually it's your season. So like. For me to shortchange myself and quit, you know what I'm saying, before my season arrived would be a decade of work gone to waste. You know what I'm saying? Like, what am I going to do now, Pete? Like, I've given my all to this. You sure, know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to press reset when I'm about to save the princess. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to ride the game out. You know what I'm saying? It takes 10 years to become an overnight success, man. This is, and this is why we in these meetings. Because now it. it's time. Continue to take them. You know, get, you know, you know what's really inspiring to... Um, you getting to radio and continuing to evolve and get yourself out there because it's crazy. You, you, you have and and we. I've said this to you before. Combat. I said this before. You have a good voice. You have a good radio voice. <laughs> did Did you always like your voice? Nah, not at all. Not at all. I used to be like the Mike Tyson of rap. I was like <laughs> wild, stocky. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had this real high pitch. I had to get used to it. Um, but also. 
it's like a a double entendre when you find your voice. You know what I'm saying? Like finding that that tone that you're comfortable with on the mic is one uh, edition of it, and then also finding out finding your voice and finding out who you are as a talent and what you want to say and what you stand for. So like I had to find my voice in both aspects. I had to find out what tone I was comfortable with on the mic performing. And also when I, when I was on the mic performing, what was I talking about? What was my stance? What was my platform? Who am I as a, as a MC? You know what I'm saying? So like finding my voice, but yeah, like I listen to, yo, you know, it's crazy. I was on Twitter maybe a month or two months ago. And on my feed, I saw, uh, Red Torre unreleased demo. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is probably like a verse I did for somebody back in the day. You know, he was getting like 1,200 of MySpace verse back in the days. Yeah. I like, this is probably a verse I did for somebody that nobody had ever heard or whatever. Whatever. Somebody got an acapella. Yo, it was legit from my demo from mm. Coney Island. I recorded in my man's crib, my man Sylvan. Shout out to Sylvan AS1. Across the street from my building, he lived. He was the first person to cut a demo on me. And somehow somebody found those dats and mm. and, and digitized Born them. Brought them back to life. Yo, I was bu- I probably listened to that joint for forty minutes straight. I was so bugged by the fact that yo, somebody actually found this old audio. Knew it was me. It doesn't sound anything like me. I was like, yo, I wonder how they figured it out, how they found it, and all that. So that was crazy. But yeah, d- to answer your question, I did not like my voice early on. What? So even with radio, did you did you ever like? How did you learn like certain? Did you go to school for it? Or, I mean, did you nothing? Nah, I mean, I was always preparing for radio because I always was an artist. You know what I'm saying? So like, sitting on this side is not much different from sitting on that side. Sure. You know, I would listen to Angie and Flex and all of the personalities and. I would imagine myself answering those questions or or I would imagine what I would say to follow up some of those questions. Sure. So when, you know, Angie is sitting with Hove and she's sitting with the locks and, you know, they say, bum, 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 bum. I'm like, oh, I would have asked them about this and this and that. For me, it's, it's just easier because I kind of understand what it takes to be an artist. I know what it's like to be in the studio. I know what it's like to be a creative. I know what it's like to have writer's block. I know what it's like to be on tour for 30 some odd days. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think I can approach a conversation with a different level of understanding. And I think that those moments, you when you have that connectivity, those moments make for the best type of talk. You ever froze on there? I'm sure I have. I, nothing I can remember. And that's part of being a, a yeah, an artist. of course. It's, I think I think because like nobody know you fuck up till you fuck up. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. Even if somebody know your whole song down pat and you say the end of the verse wrong, they just gonna think you decided sure. to do that sure. unless you let it be known. So like, if I've ever caught you know dead headlights, it's a split second. You got to get right back to it. You know, I mean, I'm doing that as a freestyle artist. You know what I'm saying? Being able to freestyle, come off the top of the head. It's like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to say that, but guess what? Nobody else knows, so I'm going to just keep going and flowing with it, and that's it. You know, it's something that I think that's special, too, is you've been able to go on tour a lot. For sure. I mean, I'm talking about places like, even if somebody's listening right now that never heard of Torre and that is just learning now. Um, Welcome to, to the extravaganza. I mean, just to, just to, just to understand... You've been international. Yes. Many times, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, think about it. You're a kid from Coney Island. Let, let the people know where you where dog, you travel. My first, I, you know, I'm terrible at this, Pete. I'm so bad at remembering the places I've been. Even down to, like, I'll pull up to a venue and, you know, if I'm with, you know, I might be able to follow Brown or whomever. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember we did this joint back two years ago. And I'd be like, nah, I never did this spot. They be like, nah, you don't remember the such and such show? We did this. And I'm like, yo, I never been here before. What are you talking about? Then I walk downstairs and I see my name in the green room. Mm-hmm. I'm always really bad at remembering the places I've been. But, but you've been to Russia. I've been to Russia, uh, Belarus, Poland. Uh, Poland a zillion times. What's I did that a whole so what's the one that saw? Uh, uh Warsaw? Warsaw. Yeah, yeah Warsaw. That's Poland, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I did a I did a I did a whole Poland run. I got you know what happened? I did a record with a huge Polish artist, OSTR. Really? Shout out to my brother OSTR. I mean, he was the hottest shit, you know, the Drake of Poland, if you will. Or maybe back then, like when 50 Cent was super hot. Uh whomever. He was the dude in Poland. I'm sure he still is. Um, and we had some mutual acquaintances and he was like he was a fan. He was like, Yo, Toe, I love your music. 
um, let's do something. And I was like, initially when I wanted to do it, it was like, you know, I know he had a couple bucks and boom, boom, boom. Then we got cool and I went out to Poland and he made me stay at his crib and he had this whole big ass uh, estate with the, they was growing weed on this side. They had the farm on this side. He was like, yo, we're going to have lamb tonight. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, and I was like, yeah, I don't eat meat. And he was like, no, no, this is not like bullshit American meat. Like, we're going to kill it. It's going to be the freshest meat you ever had. I was like, I don't eat meat. But I feel you, though. Um, and long story short, we did a record. The shit went gold and pulled What you end up eating, though? I, I ate whatever I ate, plants. Or, okay. Oh, I probably, I mean, I was still eating chicken at the time. So okay. I probably had, like, chicken or fish. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, so we did this record, and it was big, and it was gold, and I got all of these Polish fans that enabled me to go out and do my own run in Poland. So, like, there, um, Romania, I'm trying to think of some of the crazy places. Um, um, fucking, we was at Spain when the World Cup was popping, me and Marco, and um, Smith and & Wesson and Buck. Uh, so I don't want to forget nobody. Uh, uh, Brazil. Yo, Brazil was crazy because... I was like, I right, this promoter is bringing us out. It's just somebody that loves hip hop, know our shit. But I, I think it's gonna be light. I don't think it's gonna be crazy. Yo, I got the Brazil. I'm talking about packed out shows. They knew the rhymes. They had vinyl. I was like, yo, how you even get merch out here? Mm-hmm. Like Amazon deliver out here it was crazy. So I've always, uh, not always, but I've, I've been pleasantly surprised many times being on the road and just pulling up at a spot where I think. It's going to be a light night, and, you know, it's really just a room full of Torre supporters. Sweden and That's beautiful. all over Germany and just everywhere, man. You know what's amazing, too, that, and, and you, you've seen this in real life, but, um, you know, I feel like in hip-hop, international, motherfuckers really, really, really embrace the artist. For sure. Now, don't get me wrong. We love Jay. We love Big. We love Nas. We say it loud, proud, et cetera, but... Motherfuckers want to give you like a hug. Motherfuckers really like will stand there all night. I've and, seen it. I've you know, seen I'm it. saying I've like lit- I feel. I've like- got. I mean, all of the people that got yo like people got lyrics tattooed, right? And that's one thing. Like those are words. You know what I'm saying? Like if the words resonate with you, everybody that's got my face tattooed on them mm. is like a European fan. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like that's how much they love the music. And what I really like about that market is that they not easily swayed or persuaded by what's popular they just like what they like like yeah drake can go out there and do a show and because he's he's you know he's a popular artist but also Torrey can go out there and do a show and royce can go out there and do a show and ross can go out there and do a show and terminology can go out there and do a show with sky or whomever like they just like what they like and they just, it's not like oh you the biggest artist so i hear you on the radio five thousand times a day that's why i fuck with you it's like no i got wendy in music i think it's dope and we're gonna pack out the venue do you think they like consider underground out there? Do they consider that like? I think they just you know they they, they definitely say real hip hop. You okay, know what I'm saying? Okay, like, for they'll, sure. They'll, they'll they'll separate it, categorize it by saying like, oh that's that, but this is real hip hop. You know I'm a real hip hop fan, so that's kind of how they categorize it. Or the it. boom bap. Yeah, the boom bap. We love the boom bap. Yeah. The real hip hop. The boom bap. <laughs> what you have a crazy tour experience that you ever went through? Um, a crazy tour experience. I'll tell you the first time I went to Canada, um. It was so crazy for me because that tour I didn't I didn't I hadn't I didn't even have a passport like before it was time to go. Like I got my passport the day before we were supposed to leave. Like I had to go down to Houston Street and stay in there all day and show them documents like, yo, I'm really leaving. Like I need this. I had never been anywhere. Um and I remember we was riding in the van, we was coming back from the club, we was in Toronto, um, and we were passing through what they call the I think it's called a club district. And um I remember sitting there, you know, it's my first tour, I'm young. I'm looking out the window, and all I see is these amazingly, ridiculously beautiful women. Like, I thought they was downstairs making them in the factory and sending them outside. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was like, yo, it's nine Beyonce's right here. It's 20 Deborah Cox. And we got, like, maybe we probably passed, like, the third block. And I told her, I told her, I was like, yo, stop the van. And I was like, what? I was like, yo, there's no way I could continue to just roll through here and I'm from Brooklyn. Let me out. I'll figure my way back to the hotel. It's too many joints out here. And I, I jumped out with not uh, caring the world. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, yo, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, Pete. I couldn't be the man that I am and not just hop out and, and just enjoy that moment. Sure, you know what sure, I'm saying? Sure. Like, it was, it was crazy. So, uh, fortunately, I was smart enough to grab the uh, card from the hotel. Mm, so, I, no did, I did have, yeah, I did have the address to get back. But, um, yeah, man, I just jumped out. Like, 
balls to the wall. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get back. I'm going to figure it out because I can't roll past yeah. another one of these blocks. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> with all these Kerry Hilsons just standing yeah. around. This, this is crazy. Shit is crazy, man. <laughs> you, you know, you, um, you've been around, and like I said, for people who may know you or may not know of you, uh, you've been pushing the needle, doing your own thing, evolving um, in many different, you know, avenues, so to right. speak. Even though, you know, we obviously, I know you want to go further and further and further. You're, you're nowhere near finished. Um, have you embraced like certain moments? Have you? Could you sit here and say like that you took a, a moment to be like, yo, this is beautiful. Like whether that be something that you were able to do for your family, whether that be able to something you do for your kids. You know what I mean? Because you have done a lot, even though if people, like, people can't put you in a box and say, like, oh, well, he has he done this? Has he done... And those are accolades that you have to fulfill in your time right. or not. Right. You know, I think success is all relative. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I base my success off of Torrey, where I come from. I wrote my first project in the projects, in the mm -hmm. back room. You know what I'm saying? Like, so to have a condo in Brooklyn, to be able to build a crib from scratch in Georgia, to be able to do things with my family and travel and just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, I'm blessed. Like, every day is like I realize how blessed I am. Um, but for me, you and, and probably so many people that are, are driven, like, you wake up every day, on the grind again, on and on and on. And it took for my cousin Ski to tell me, yo, Tor, you got to stop and look at where we come from. You got six records were premiered. Like, we were yeah. staying outside the store and wait for Gangstar albums to drop. You know what I'm saying? Or we come from free lunch. Like, you talking about you had dinner with sure. this person and that person. We used to go from school to school. So, like, we come from Murder burgers. one, two, suicide, suicide fries. fries. You know what I mean? We come from one, two pair of sneakers. Yo, take those off when you get home. You know what I'm saying? And save them for tomorrow and put on your play sneakers. So you got a whole sneaker sure. closet. Like, just things like that. You know, it took for Ski to kind of, like, shake me and, like, yo, look at this. Look at your life. Look where you come from. And, um... Shout to shout to my 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 brother um, Reggie Hawkins, you know who who always says success is relative to you. Like what what is it that makes you deem you a success? You know what I'm saying? I don't judge my success by uh, Jay Z's success. I don't judge my success by Fabulous or Drake or whomever. Like my success is man, I came from the projects and my kids don't live there and they don't have to live there. Mm. And now. I've changed the trajectory of what my family life is moving forward. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now it's on, it's, it's, it's on them to take it the next step further. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been able to reverse what was in place for so long. Now we set a whole new precedent and now it's time to take that further. You know, I'm, I'm working on just being able to attain enough financial wealth that you know the next generation is good and then they can start setting up the generation after that you know what i'm saying like that's my goal and in in addition to that just you know a legacy man like if it was all over for me tonight or tomorrow pete i don't want to just be like oh tori made some dope albums oh i used to listen to his show like what mark am i leaving whose life am i changing you know what i'm saying like that's really what my my mission is and i want to be able to do that throughout the music and moving forward, you know what I'm saying, more so than just being a creative, you know, I want to I wanna get to a place where my word and my influence means enough that it can it can penetrate and help somebody, you know, in their life, for real, for real. For sure, for sure. And that's, and, and, and that's what real success is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Internet, listen, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're sitting here with the one and only Torre, Coney Island, CI's finest, Your artist. Okay, he's not an athlete. He's he, he could be an author, but listen, he got them bars. Internet, we'll be right back. Cheer. Yo, check it out. It's the underboss, the law finesse representing DITC. You are now straight tuned in, locked in, however you want to put it right now. You are listening to my man, Premium Pete. Word. And we're back. Same here with my guy, Torrey. Yo, uh, the last album, what was it called? Entitled? Entitled. I remember you had like a bunch of, uh, was like a Kickstarter. Yeah, the right? Kickstarter for but, Entitled. But there was like a bunch of like levels of what people could do. I remember, I remember actually, rest in peace again to our brother Combat. I remember you coming on the show talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Where you would go play at someone's house. 
where you would somebody else would uh, you know get like a, a sign this or sign that. Right. It was just like a level thing. How'd that work out? It was dope. It was dope. We hit our goal. Um, you know, we went for a like it wasn't a really a money grab thing for me. Like so, our goal was ten thousand dollars. Um, which we met, which was, we actually met over the goal, which was dope. You know, for me, it was like I was trying to figure out a way to get people excited about True. my upcoming project. You know, how do you incentivize people with music when nobody really has to buy music? Like you can stream it or you could find it on, you know, I me mean, a site somewhere. So it's like, how do you make people feel? Like they part of the process. How do you make them feel engaged? How do you make them feel like they 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 here with you? You know what I'm saying? Like they want to see the project win because they know that they're attached to it. And um, I was real reluctant. I didn't want to do a Kickstarter. I was like, yo, that's begging. I don't need nobody's money. I've been financing my projects my whole career. And it was like, yo, it's more than that. It's like, how do you find that super fan? How do you find that fan that really loves Torrey? Like, and will pay this amount to be a part of it. So like, I got a chance to meet. Some really? dope people. Like, I'm still friends with. Word to my mother, one of the dudes, the dude, my man Hank, um, he bought, like, a big package. I forget what the number on it was, but I went to his crib. I met his lady. She was pregnant at the time. We brought food and pizza. And my assistant at the time, Vicky, like, decorated, like, a, like a little cool little birthday party. And I played the project, and we talked, and his homies from his building came, and we chopped it up. But him and I are still cool to this <laughs> day. Dope. Like, once his daughter was born, he hit me and told me about it, and he just did something real dope. Um, I think he, like, gave his kidney or something to his mom. Mm. Um, just a real dope dude, hip-hop fan. You know what? I hosted something last night, and he hit me about getting on the list, and I put him on the list. Like, just I got a chance to meet some lifelong, you know, make some lifelong connections with people that— really just rock with my music and for me that was the biggest takeaway um because making an album is you know you can make an album for ten dollars you can make the album for ten thousand dollars a million whatever for me it wasn't really about trying to get the money it was like get email addresses be able to engage with people okay this person is willing to spend this amount so let's always make sure we take care of that person let's send them the music first let's just throw them a shirt let's sign a cd or some vinyl or send them the whole catalog like just do things to keep my fans engaged because they kept me in business for this last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Sure, so it's like, sure. I want to know who you are. I want to know. Direct to consumer. Direct. I want to know where you at on the map. Oh, shit. 20 people bought the package in Arkansas. We need to get out there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. This dude want to do this, this, and that. You know what I'm saying? But maybe they don't got all the bread. All right, send them everything anyway. That's going to make a lifelong fan. That's going to make a lifelong supporter. And that's what it was about for me. So, like, it was just a dope experience. It was a dope experience. That's dope, man. I mean, for a chance to learn who your fans are, see, you know, get to see them in real life. You have, you, you know, you got to get to a point where, like, you, cause we, it's so transparent now. Like anybody could pick up their phone, know where you are any minute, talk to you. You can talk to them. So I try to make sure I answer all the tweets and all the, I don't really be in a DM like that, but if you tweet me or if you, if you message, uh, 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 you in my mentions, if you in my mentions sure, sure. and I see it, I'm a holla at you. If you're talking some good talk, I'm a holla at you. If you're talking some bad talk, I'm a holla at you. Um, I just like to be involved with the people because, again, like, they keep the engine going. They're my lifeline. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's just dope to me. How was um, the years with Duckdown? You know, I know you made a, a, um, a show with Mar uh, Marco Polo. Yeah, was yeah. that on Duckdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco and I. Uh, the Barrel Brothers was with you and Sky Zoo. Was yeah. that on Duckdown? No, we did that with Empire. Okay. So the only two projects that I've ever did done outside of my own company was my collaborative projects. One was Sky, um, Barrel Brothers. That was 2014 through Empire. And 2009 was Marco and I with Double Barrel. And that was through Duck Down. Why'd you sign to Duck Down? Because Duck Down raised me, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I grew, up, I grew up watching Buckshot and, and Five and, you know what I'm saying, Black Moon and Evil D and then Smith and Wesson and then Helter Skelter and Fab Five. Like, I was a Brooklyn dude. I'm a hip-hop dude. Buck used to be in my neighborhood. I would come out the building from watching Video Music Box, seeing who got the props on TV, and then see Buck sitting in front of my building. It's like, oh, shit, that's really him. Like, Buck was one of those people that made me feel like it was real because he was the first real artist that I could ever see in real life. Like, oh, shit, you're a real person. You know sure. what I'm saying? Um, and I just had a relationship with them. Rest in peace to my brother, Sean P. Absolutely. Um, had a great relationship with Sean. He He took me under his wing early. Um, brought me to the studio, put me on records early, you know, just took a liking to me. Um, and that was long before I did the deal with Doug Down. Marco also had a relationship with them as a producer, you know, working on their various releases. 
And it just kind of made sense. You know, we had took meetings back then and we sat with other companies, but but Duck Down just was the fit, you know, like knowing Drew and Noah and Shucky and just all the guys. It felt more like a family, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and who wouldn't want to be associated with that label and that brand that's been giving you quality hip hop, you know, for so long? Yeah, you know, I mean, you've been doing a lot of your own projects. You know, you think about it, like, does, does an artist even need a label anymore? In this day and age, in 2018? No, they definitely don't need it. You know, but again, it's about what you want out of it. If you want to be a mega star and you want to be a radio, you know, artist and things of that nature, then you absolutely 110% need a label. But, it and, and and that goes for, because there's a lot of people right now, you know, I'm unsigned, I don't have a label, blah, 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 and they have back end and they have labels behind them and it's all a fucking lie. But, you know, you, you need a shit ton of money to be a radio star and really labels are the ones who do that because they have the relationships and the money to be able to put music into play like that. But if you just want to have a career, you want, yo, I want to make dope music, I want to have a career, I want to be able to tour, then it's just up to you to figure out how to get to that audience. You know what I'm saying? You got to figure out who your audience is. You got to figure out who you are as an artist and how to connect the two. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I make music that feels like this, this, and this. Okay, then you look at some of the artists that might be in that same vein and you figure out what they did. And then you look at wherever the voids are and you figure out how to fill it. And um, I mean, with the advent of all this technology you know what i'm saying like you could go to the studio you could make a studio at your crib record yourself mix master yourself upload it to soundcloud send it out to people via your social media people start following it listening to it liking it your audience grows and you can take that shit and really really like cake out and really have a dope career and not be a household name you know what i'm saying like i'm a testament to it i've been doing it independent for 10 years and i've used other platforms to kind of grow my brand you know you might see me on bt or see me on revolt or hosting the brooklyn hip-hop festival or hear me in sirius xm but all that is doing is bringing more eyes and ears to torrey and once i got you here I'm going to give you this record. I'm going to sell you this T-shirt. Oh, shit, you like this hat? Oh, you a vinyl fan. I got this whole catalog. You know what I'm saying? We're going to monetize these videos. We're going to make sure our PROs are straight. We're going to make sure the sound exchange is straight. And you can make a living. You can make a living. But it's all about what you want as an artist. Yo, I want to be the next Drake. Then you got to sign to a label. You know what I'm saying? You ever uh, write a verse that you were impressed by? Every once in a while, um, it's, it's a phrase that I've heard artists say before, uh, God stepped in the room. <laughs> Every once in a while, I listen back, and I don't even remember the first line. I'm like, yo, I don't know how I started this, where this inspiration came from. And that'd be those moments when God walked in the room. God walked in the room, took that pen, wrote that 16, that 24, and I recorded it. And now I'm just listening back like, wow. Is there is there a verse uh, that you know off top that you always go to for something like when if someone could say you know which which some of you like your favorite tracks or your favorite verse from from something that you created um, off the dome of it not meaning freestyle just right like, right right just like I mean a lot of people love my first two records with Premiere you okay. know click and get it done those records opened so many doors for me you know those records started my really jump started my career like really gave me the the start the spark I needed so those records will always mean something to me um, for the record was my first solo record with DJ Premier and also the title of my official debut uh, solo release. So that record will always have a place in my heart. That's my first video to ever hit a million views. You know, shit like that. I remember I was taping um, MTV Made. You remember that show yep, Made? Yep, yep. I was in North Carolina coaching another person that I'm still very involved with her life and her family, Abby Quinn, out in North Carolina. I was out there taping Made and I think I had to do like a month in North Carolina. And it was right around the time. It was in March. And um, For The Record had dropped like in November of the previous year. So in March, we dropped the For The Record music video. And I remember we uploaded it. And my team, we uploaded it. And then I went off to shoot that day. Yo, I'm talking about my phone was going crazy, crazy, crazy on the set. So much so that I had to just turn it off. I get back to my hotel this is when you still would keep notifications like, oh, such and such liked your video, such and such comment on your video. Y'all went back. I had never seen so many notifications in my life. Like, everybody was going crazy. And truth be told, it wasn't the dopest video I ever did. But people just loved the video and loved the song. And now it's like, that's always going to be a big record for me. And then I think my most, like, monetarily successful record is Marco 
uh, Mia Marco's Danger mm. song we did during the Double Barrel sessions that wasn't for the album. The funny shit about that was um, there was a movie coming out. I forget the name of the movie. Um, and they was looking for a song to um, to take place of, I think, M.O.P. and Big Pun. And we was like, okay, let's make something, you know, along that vein, but but sure. Torre and Marco. And we made the song Danger. And we signed off on it, and they loved the song, and boom, boom, boom. And I don't know if, you know, people don't know how licenses go, but until it makes it all the way through, it's not in the scene or it's not in the movie. It was for a movie trailer, like it was supposed to be big. And um, at the 11th hour, they decided to go with another record. So I was like, fuck. So Marco was like, yo, I really love this record. Let's put it on the album. And I was like, nah, I made that record for XYZ. I don't want it on the album. And we fought, and we fought, and we fought. And then we ended up compromising. He gave me a record. I won it. This, the last record on the album called Crashing Down. And I gave him Danger. And that was a compromise. And both of those records appeared on the album. Man, I'm telling you, Danger done been used in Kick-Ass the Movie, the soundtrack, MMA, uh, uh, Modern Warfare, um, Yo, that shit has been licensed. Like it, it was in power last season. Yo, it was in power last season. A record that's eight years old. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, but it still fit. Like, one thing about music is when you make timeless music, it's timeless. It's whenever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's new to whoever discovers it in that moment. And that's why I don't make trendy shit. I don't make fluff shit. I make music from my heart, like real music. So whenever you hear it, it's still gonna be relevant. It's still gonna be something. So like that record. For me, I, we made the most money off that record, more than we made off the album, just mm. off that one record. Just again, being able to license it and sync and do these different sync deals and shit. So, like, those records for me are some of the, the bigger records in my career. You were also um, on The Breaks yeah. by VH1. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do a season two. No right? season two. Do, do you know why? Why didn't they do a season two? Because it was hella expensive to make. Yeah. That was dope, just, though. How the fuck did you get on there? Fonte. Okay, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fonte. Like, shouts to Fonte, Definitely man. shouts to Fonte. All my relationships, man, like, I think everything I've been able to do in my career will come from just people knowing, yo, when I call Torrey, he's going to show up. He's going to be professional. He's going to deliver, do the job that I ask. You know what I'm saying? If I say be here at 5, he's going to be there at 445. You know, he's not going to come in smelling like weed. He's not going to be drunk. not going to be a thousand people with him. So, like, people just know, like, come to me for quality work. Sure. Um, funny enough, for the breaks, they was just looking for somebody physically that looked like me. Um, Fonte calls me. I remember I just happened to be out, and Tay never hit me like late at night. And normally, um, I'm probably not even gonna be on my phone. Like it might have been like one two, and he texts me, and he was like, "Yo, Todd, it's still you. Was good." I was like, "What up, Tay? What's popping?" He's like, "Yo, can I call you?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I'm like, "Damn, what the fuck?" You know, Tay don't really hit me out the blue like that. He's like, "Yo, quiet is kept. I'm working on this show." Uh, call the breaks, boom, boom, boom. It's based off this book by Dan Charnis, and I'm writing the rhymes, and, yo, they need, you know, a big physical, you know what I mean? Like this, like, it's a battle scene, and dude got to lose the battle, but he can't be no slouch. He got to look like somebody, like, he, the 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 other person really got to win the battle. And I was like, okay, like, I'm interested. And he was like, I bet. Can I put you in touch with, boom, boom, boom. He put me in touch with Dan and Seath. Um, and they was like, yo, can you come audition tomorrow? And it was like, in seven hours i was like all right you know but i didn't really know what it entailed so i was just like yo tell me about it it was like it takes place in the summer of 1990 and we want you to be in this battle scene and so i just started figuring out yo who's the illest battlers um what was popping in 1990 i'm looking in my closet so i went in with the giant starter jacket and the joy fives you know i went to joy fives with the pant with the sweat pant leg rolled up you know really looking the part and um, I got a chance to audition for, for Seath, who liked me. And that's how I got that role. And then once I got in, like any other thing, once I got in the door, um, I became friends with Dan and Seath and got real cool with them. And after we did the pilot and the movie dropped and everybody loved it, when they got the season, they brought me back on as a consultant. And I got a chance to work with Tiana Taylor nice. on all her parts. So, like, I coached her in the studio while she was writing, while she was cutting the records and on 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 set while she was performing the records and all of that. You know, so I was able to just put another feather in my hat and another credit. You know what I'm saying? Like, just kind of adding on to the resume. You know, Dan, uh, I spoke to Dan at that time and he was like, Premium Pete, man, 
I wish I could find a younger premium Pete <laughs> we need for, it. For, for this breaks. We needed and I was a premium. Like, Fuck, I, I look young. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You got to shave your shit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but he, he had said that at that time. And, and, and it was dope to see, you know, a couple of people on there. You, Mac Wilds. Um, you know, who else was in there? Um, man, I, I mean, I got a chance to meet Afton Williamson, okay. uh, who played Nikki, who's amazing. I got a chance to meet Antoine, uh, who played um, uh, Fonte, found himself in it. Uh, it was so many dope people, man. So many people I'm still cool with to this day. You know, um, the Breaks fam. You know, once you get on set and you rocking with people and shit, y'all become, sure, y'all sure. become tight. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my Breaks fam is, is all love. I've known Mac for, for years and shit, but... Like, the people that I got a chance to meet on the set, I'm still real cool with. Any new movies, you know, do you think that you're going to be able to get in? Oh, yeah. Now I'm auditioning. I've, so since then, I've done uh, six commercials. Okay. I did one for, like, this this brand called Urena Zinc, which is, like, prostate shit. So that was just funny. Like, people hit me like, yo, what's up with your prostate, dog? Yeah. I'm like, what? fam, I'm acting. Like, relax. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did... Getting to the bag well, out here. I'm just out here just trying to you know, make sure the kids ain't hungry tonight, yeah, man. Yeah. And then I did these commercials for the Brooklyn Nets, all voiceovers. Oh, nice. So I did um, I did like five commercials for the Nets as well. You out here working, man. Got to work, Pete. You know, one thing I do want to say, too, you mentioned earlier that you were coming down from your building, seeing Buckshot outside, just watch him on Video Music Box. Mm-hmm. You got to think of moments like that where you call success. And, you know, for multiple years, you've uh, been involved in the um, um, the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. For sure. With uh, Ralph McDaniels. Absolutely. Uh, hosting. Yeah. Think about that, man. You were watching. Think about what you said. I was watching Buckshot on Video Music Box. Come outside. He's in my neighborhood. I'm like, oh, shit. This is crazy that he's really here. Video Music Box. Ralph McDaniels. Now you fucking co-hosting things with him. Now you're a friend of his. Yo, the fact that Ralph it. knows me. Think about like, it. Yo, when Ralph see me and I don't have to reintroduce myself, he'd be like, oh, Torre, what up? I'm like, yo, that's fucking crazy. Yo, that's crazy to me. Like, because I'm still, I'm still that kid. Like, I'm still a fan. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how to turn the dial on the top of the TV to get the, you know what I mean? To get the signal just right. So, like, knowing Ralph and I always tell him, man, like, you gave me so much because on Video Music Box... You got everything. That's how I became an Ice Cube fan, an NWA fan, DJ Quick, second to none. That's how, like, my love for West Coast artists and artists from the South came to be because I saw it all. On New York radio, that was back when they would only play New York music. But when I turned on, and I didn't have cable. You know, we had cable in the projects. When I turned on Video Music Box, I was able to see, you know, self-destruction, but also we all in the same gang. You know, like that put me on to so many things that was just outside of my general vicinity and reach. Um, And when I got a chance to get older and start to travel, like, I wanted to go to Compton. I wanted to go to the Swap Meet and Slauson's and all that because those are things I heard about on these records that I listened to because Ralph McDaniels had played these videos. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't have knew anything about an AMG or, you know what I'm saying? Like, any of these other artists out there had it not been for Ralph, man. Cool so like, D. Yo, forever. Symphony, forever the Symphony video. I remember watching the Symphony video on Video Music Box. Man, that was the illest shit I ever saw. Motherfucker in my life. said, "I don't care who's first or who's last, <laughs> but at the drop of a dime, yeah, drop of a dime, yeah." You know, or like my relationship with Ace, man. Ace is the one who took me on my first Master Ace. Yes, took me on my first two tours. That's my big homie. Like I, I spoke to Ace. Why on do the you phone. think he took you on your first two tours? Because he's a good-hearted motherfucker. You know, I mean, I had talent, but it's a lot of people who had talent. You know, we were working out the same studio at the time. Um, my man Filthy Rich introduced us. And I was just a big, big fan of Ace. You know what I'm saying? And um, as he kind of started to get more acquainted with me and my music, he took a liking. And he was like, yo, you ever been on the road? And I was like, nope. And he was like, all right, we putting this new project together called EMC. And when we get ready to tour, I'm going to take you out on tour. And I was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, sure, you always take shit with a grain of salt. Sure. Like, this is an industry of fucking blowing smoke all day, every day. Yo, and when they was ready to go on tour, they hit me like, yo, what's up? You ready? You got your passport? This is where we going. These are the dates. And I was like, oh, shit. And like, that's why I had to go rush to get my passport because yeah. even though I had put in for it early, that shit took mad long to sure, come through. Sure. And then as the date started to near, I was like, yo, I got to figure out how to do this. But, um, you know, Ace took me on my first tour. Him and Marco and EMC was like a promotional thing for me. Um, and I learned the ropes. Like, I didn't have any merch. I didn't have no CDs, no shirts, no nothing. I was just out there rapping. I was taking my little whatever, $30 per diem, and that was it. That's all the money I had. 
by the time my second tour came around, I knew how to command the audience better. I knew how to perform better. I knew that I needed to bring merch so I could make other money. Sure. I knew how to take my per diem and spend half of that a day and pocket the other half. I learned so much from Ace. Like I, I learned a lot from Ace as a fan before I ever met him. And then once I met him, I learned so much more. You know, he's he's definitely a big part of the reason Shout why I'm still Shout out to Ace. Shout out to Ace. What up, man? Listen, hey, man Marco man. doing a new project, actually. Really? Yes. Okay, let's go over that. The new project that's out now is? New project. So it's done, but I haven't dropped oh, it haven't yet. I haven't dropped it Because I'm, I'm running through these When is it speed. dropping? As soon as somebody tell me what I want to hear. Okay, we got some time. Maybe we got some time. We got some time. It's called All Praises Due. Uh, Seven Joints, brand new records, all produced by the homie Praise. If you heard the entitled album, he did Real. He did uh, Imperial Sound. He did What's Love. And he did something else off the album that I can't remember right now. Oh, and he did the song called um, Together. And people just loved our chemistry, you know. And I loved our chemistry. And I was like, shit, before I go into this next album chamber, let me give the people what they've been asking for, which is a project with praise. Uh, so Seven Joints, all praises due. As soon as somebody come with the right, and it's not about the check or the bag. Sure. As soon as somebody come with the right energy, and I really feel like they understand the brand and, and know what's what, uh, we're going to make that partnership happen, and then I'll put the project out. BET? You still uh, messing with BET? Yeah, I'm waiting on them to figure out what they want to do for the second season of Freestyle Friday. So they did it different. It was a live stream, partnered with YouTube. Um, we shot it all live, so like I'm reading off the teleprompter while the producer's talking in my ear while I got the MC spitting over here. So like that was a crazy experience. Um, and I hope it did well enough for them to want to continue sure. it. You know, sure. But that was dope. And Hip Hop Nation, Channel 44, Serious. Yeah, yeah, Sirius That X, tour yeah. guide. Tour guide, Sunday through Friday, man. Rock out with your tour guide, Tour Ray. Hip Hop Nation, you already. Listen, Instagram and Twitter, Torre, T-O-R-A-E. Yo, don't get me confused with Premium Pete's best friend, uh, the other Torre, Torre man. journalist. Yo, so it was so funny. Somebody just <laughs> tweeted... Uh, you know, R. Kelly dropped this song the yeah, other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mad people started referencing that, video, that right? The, the interview like, that the other Torre did, but they tagging me on it. I'm like, fam, it's not me. <laughs> Internets, do not. He's not white Torre. Nah. Stop. Okay. Coney Allen's finest. You heard. Listen, you know the journey is funny because it's like you've done a lot. You're still doing a lot. Um, and meanwhile, the journey has just really begun. That's Before we go, um, I do want to say one thing I really like. I've been doing podcasting a long time. You came out and just announced a couple, like a month ago, that you're doing a, a podcast with your daughter. Yo, um, such a great idea. Such a such a such a point of like, yo, if I'm gonna do it, I want to do something. Like you waited to get in, and then you did something that makes. How dope is that doing something with your daughter? Yo, it's the most fun I've had in the business in a long time. And I have fun on a regular basis. But just being able to have these conversations with my daughter, um, have her put her thoughts out there. She's really her own person. You know what I'm saying? We don't see eye to eye on everything. And, like, it's just dope to really, like, I remember holding her in my sure, arms sure. like a football. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't really know how to hold a baby. And, um, you know, to see her grow into this this young woman and mature and have her own ideas and thoughts and, you know, be a, a, a free thinker and shit, like, it's just ill. You know, so, like, we would always have these dope conversations. Like, my daughter and I are really cool. We would always have these dope conversations in the house or in the car while I'm driving her to school. And then we kind of joked about, yo, we're going to do a podcast. Ah, you know, and then we was like, yo, we really should. And I'll tell you real quick before we get out of here, um, it was combat. You know, it was combat who really like made that happen because he was he was he was trying to figure out how to work his way into the serious building. I was trying to figure out how to work my way into the podcasting space. And we would have these talks. And, you know, Reggie and I were super cool. Like, sure. you know, we were just talking. Um, I, I get crazy, like thinking about him sometimes. But um, we would talk. And um, I remember one of the last times we got a chance to chop it up. I was like, yo, I think I got it because he was like, yo, tall, you can do it. But you got to figure out like what's your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. You guys do this. These guys do that. Nori and them do this. That, that. It was like, what's going to be your shit? And I was like, you know, I don't want to just interview people. I do that on my regular show. Some people interview legends. Some people interview, you know, entertainers. I was like, I don't want to do that. I got to figure out what makes sense for me. And when I saw him, I was like, yo, Reg, I got it. I was like, it's going to be me and Taylor. He was like, yo, I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it, B. We got to do it. We got to get it done. And then, um, you know, obviously, after he passed, it was... 
for one, I, I just really wanted to do it with my daughter, but also like because we spoke about it and we said we were going to make it happen, I wanted to make sure I saw it come to fruition. So, sure, and it happened. What's the name of it? It's called uh, Family Matters, mm-hmm. Family Matters Podcast with Torrey and Taylor. Uh, we up to episode six. We've been having a great time, man. You know what's dope? We got a chance to do it here in New York, but also out in Atlanta, and then we were out in L.A. a couple weeks ago. Nice. We got a chance to do it there, too. So, you know, she's like, yo, we international. I'm like, yeah, no, we're... In the States. Yeah, yeah we're in the States, though. <laughs> Relax. We're <laughs> not on tour yet. <laughs> Relax. Internet's, Internet's, check that episode out. Check Torrey out. And uh, listen, for those who may not even know of Torrey, head on over to uh, platforms like Tidal. I'm sure the Tidal have something yeah, 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 absolutely. Every every uh, digital streaming platform has the music. Um, you could also just hit my website, www.itstorrey.com. That's like the Walmart of Torrey. It can kind of lead you to everywhere you need to go. Uh, get involved, man. But Lord willing, I'll be here. I'm not going nowhere. Premium Pete, thank you for having me. Come on. It's Coney Island. That boy, listen, that boy Torre is nice. Go check Internet <laughs> and then let him know if you don't know. Okay? We'll see you next episode. Cheer. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com and let's get working, okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms or podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend and we'll see you next episode. Cheer. 